supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Hey, hello. It's a Monday night live edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. Um, are we live? Are we live? We might be live. Yeah, we're live. Hey, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Brian Fulford here with uh, with uh, AD Drew. I had to make sure we are we are the uh, yeah we're in the right spot here. Uh, Drew, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing fine, my brother. Doing fine. All right, all right. It's uh, it's it's been a minute since you done since we we've done this thing. So, um, it feels feels like just a week ago, <laughs> just a week ago <laughs> when we did it last last Monday. So, yeah, um, I am. Uh, well, first off, let me say uh, Happy Father's Day to to you and to anyone else out there uh, watching. Uh, was that Tamara T? Thanks for uh, jumping in. Being one of the first people in, um, definitely. 
And also, uh, got to say happy Juneteenth as well as it's a uh, national holiday today. Uh, so we want to say happy Juneteenth. And uh, guess what? In just uh, 48 hours, the summer solstice, Drew, will, if I'm not mistaken, it will be the longest day or no. How, how, how am I going to say that? Not the longest day. The longest day with sun. Daylight. Daylight. Yeah, the, the, the longest day with sun. So it's the anti-vampire day uh, where no vampires will want to be out hanging out and about um, on Wednesday. So that's the summer solstice coming up on Wednesday, June 21st. Um, and yeah, so uh, what's good, Drew? What's good? I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm doing out here on uh, uh, I'm doing a little house sitting, a little dog sitting. So at any moment, there could be a loud dog that decides to bark during the midst of the show. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see how this goes. So how are well, you? We could we could take it our summer streak. So because I do believe for the last six weeks, Brian or so, I don't think we have done a show on our regularly scheduled day since April, where we've both been in our studio since April. Yeah. Either we've changed days or one of us has been on the road as you continue the trend of being on the road and we both continue the trend of being on a day late and a dollar short. We'll just say that. But uh got something I gotta get off my chest though, Brian, before we get into all reading all of the necessary information that you read every show. I was at a softball tournament this weekend. I was umpiring a softball tournament. Yes, I came a little bit out of retirement to help out and umpire some games this weekend. And, Brian, I noticed something that was not good. You had a good tournament, no bad interaction with the fans. You know, we get all this bad talk about how fans and how disrespectful fans have become towards officials. Either we were that good as officials or the fans were just that much respective of it. Because even on the controversial call, we didn't get too much chatter outside of the normal, come on, blue, you know, that you, that you expect to get when you have that 50-50 call goes against the coach of your team. But, Brian, what I want to talk about occurred off the field. Okay. And and I'm trying to keep this as delicate and as clean as possible. But Brian, I rediscovered how nasty folks are. Rediscovered. Now you you're in a college environment and you're talking about rediscovered. Okay, go ahead. I'm listening. And you got you peaked my ears now. Obviously, I was dealing with a uh, this was a travel ball tournament. So this was they had a the fields I were at had a 12U, 14U, and 18U uh, tournament on the fields that I was at. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's hot out there, Brian. So mm-hmm. Brother, brother, trying to stay hydrated, correct? 
Okay. And in the midst of hydration, what's the one thing that you do? The more you drink, the more you have to go and do what? You have to go. And uh, usually, usually, you have to get, yeah, yeah. Number one, you, you got to go. Yeah, you got to get rid yeah, of the, the liquids. The liquids got to yeah, go somewhere. And, and plus, I'm on the field, so it's not like in the middle of the third inning. If I got to go, I can just leave the field and go. So I make it a point to make sure that I go between games, right, Brian? Yeah, that would make sense. Yep. So, as a, as you go and you handle your business. And I just thought observing. Damn. This brother was just standing next to me. He didn't wash his hands. This brother just came out the stall. He didn't wash his hands. Not not one time. I I mean, multiple people, every time I went into the doggone bathroom. But then when you start seeing 10-year-old boys doing the same thing, just coming in by themselves and just, you know, shake, shake, and go. That's what 10-year-old boys are supposed to do, right? They're <laughs> supposed to be nasty. 10-year-old boys, that's yeah, what they do. I, that's what we did. I, I, but I don't expect it for 40-year-old, 50-year-old men. Mm. So I rediscovered. It's called, You know what it is, Drew? It, it's called Hansi. We So here's what COVID did. COVID, COVID has convinced everybody that hand sanitizer that that's that 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 cleanses everything. Oh, I don't need to you know, I just throw some hand sanitizer on it. It's like it's like what was that it, it used to be Robitussin. Now it's hand sanitizer. <laughs> I'm just going to throw some hand sanitizer on it. I'm clean. Squirt squirt, I'm clean. I do that now. I go into the look, I haven't I, I, I'm guilty of this too. I have not washed my I get to a restaurant and I haven't washed my hands. I'm lazy. I don't want to go walk. To, this is lazy. I'm admitting this. So. Especially because I don't go up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know what? What's at the front? The hand sanitizer. So I go to the front. Squirt, squirt. I'm good. That's right. what we have become now, Drew. That that's what we have oh. become. We carry around hand sanitizer. Squirt, squirt. I would have been happy if I would have seen people do this, but Brian. These are the same people who throw me back in foul balls and all kinds of stuff, you know. It's not like I mean my hands already nasty from you know just the ball beat in the yeah. grass and the dirt and what's a little more stuff. dirt? What's a little more dirt? A little bit of little, little more germs, a little more dirt. That's not gonna it's not gonna mean nothing. Wipe some dirt on it. You know, yeah, throw some robotussin on it. But 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 Brian, I discovered how nasty folks was. I rediscovered. How that and yeah, I, I thought if COVID would have taught us anything, you say it taught us to use hand hand sanitizer. I thought it would have taught us to wash our hands and be more conscious of j- just simple stuff like that. Nah. But I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. No wish wishful thinking on your part, and I, you know, it's admirable. I, I you know, I applaud you for having. For, for for wishing better of uh, of mankind and society. So so um okay so uh let's see let's see let's see uh let me get through the uh the regulars as the the regular information uh if you're watching our show on Facebook uh and on Twitter or 
well, I, let me start there. Just hit the thumbs up button uh, on Facebook, YouTube. Uh, if you're on YouTube, we ask that you uh, please dis- uh, subscribe to the Jericho Broadcast Network's YouTube page that you're watching us on. We are a part of Jericho Broadcast Networks, which is the parent company of the Black College Sports Network. And all of our shows that appear on the Black College Sports Network, our show, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, the ONG Strike Zone, Carlos Brown Show, and others soon in the fall will be right here on this YouTube channel. So go ahead and subscribe, hit the bell, and that way, whenever our shows are going live, you'll be uh, able to, uh, to to get notifications. And hopefully you got notifications last night. I did make a point, Drew, of sending a notification from our Facebook page and YouTube to let people know that we weren't doing a show. So hopefully, you know, that maybe brings in a few more people. Otherwise, we're just talking to ourselves, but that's all right. We'll drop it into a podcast form, and you know where it'll go, Drew? right to the BCSN pod zone, which is the podcast platform that can be found everywhere. You listen and download podcasts, Amazon music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple and Google podcasts, radio public and more. And that's where you can find BCSN pod zone. So for those of you who are podcast listeners, like I am when I'm traveling up and down I 75 from the central Florida area to, uh, Atlanta, I uh, listen to plenty of podcasts, so um, that's that's what's up. Did I miss anything, Drew? Anything you think I missed there? No, no, no. Just want to say uh, hello to Tamara T, Barry 305, Jeremiah Clark, first ones in. Uh, what my boy Chuck Hunt at? He usually one of the first ones in also. He must be at work or something tonight, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hopefully he's not Calvin working on Vincent. a holiday. Hopefully Chuck's out. Maybe. Hopefully is Chuck it? is out barbecuing and grilling or doing there something. There he is. There he is, man. There, there he is. is. There he is. He showed up. Uh, yeah, okay. Chuck Hunt. Well, and, we appreciate and, you, Calvin Vincent. And Brian, with today being Juneteenth. Yep. Is this still a recognized holiday because I know I had to tell, I had to remind people when they were talking about things, you know, somebody was trying to schedule a meeting at work on Monday. I'm like, you know, we closed on Monday, right, bro? Somebody (laughs) else was trying to do, oh, Monday, what we closed for Monday? It's a holiday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Juneteenth. What is Juneteenth, by the way? I'm like, oh my God. I had I was and, and, and I just make it real simple, uh, Brian. It's the Black Fourth of July. <laughs> so that you know, I don't get into all the, you know, Texas and uh tell them that it took two years for the f- people in Texas to find out that they was actually free, even though they had been free two and a half years early yet. I don't get into all that portion of it, Brian, even though our freedom actually occurred on June 1, 1863. It took until, excuse me, on January 1, 1863. It took until June 19, 1865 for the people in Texas to finally learn that they were free. And the, and the ironic thing about it is that 
the place where the last group of slaves uh, found out they were free just happens to be the place where Prairie View A&M happens to be located at. So just just irony. I don't go through all that with the bride. I just have look. It's the Black Folks Fourth of July. It's when we got our freedom. Well, look, I, I will <laughs> Jerry tell you, Clark say he had, I think <laughs> Jerry Bob Clark say he had work, Brian. And and you know what? I'll tell you this, Jeremiah Clark. I you're not catching me. There, you're not catching me at work. This is like the old King Day before I became an educator and we got King Day off. Uh I made a point to take King Day off when I used to work you know, in corporate, in corporate environments, I made a point to take King off. Now, you know, sometimes it was hit or miss. I'll tell you, sometimes it was hit or miss because my dad would say, uh, now you need to go to work. That's Dr. King would want. I was like, oh, come on, dad. You, I said, nope, go to work. But I said, you know what? If we could take president's day off, if we could take, uh, uh, sometimes we used to take Columbus, Columbus Day off. Day. I, yeah, I said no. I'm taking King Day off, and so yeah. I would say, Jeremiah, I know you're working. Hey, I can't tell you what to do with your summer vacation plans, but you owe it. Take it off. Take the day off. Let people Bro. know. I'm not volunteering. I'm not doing nothing on Juneteenth. Don't ask me. Don't call me. I'm taking it off. Now, I will well, say this, Brian. When I was you- in, hold up, when I was in Alabama, we used to get Jefferson Davis' birthday off. <laughs> okay, let people know now, who Jefferson Davis is for those who 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 don't know history. Jefferson Davis is was the former president of the Confederacy, and in Alabama, <laughs> we used to get depending on which job I was working at at that point in time, we got Jefferson Davis' birthday off. And you know what the yeah. brother did? I, I, I took that day just like they took our Juneteenth day off. I, you wouldn't go see me. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for the holiday. We also got Robert oh. E. Lee's birthday off, also, Brian. But that was that they got sneaky with the Robert E. Lee birthday because the state law in Alabama, Robert E. Lee's birthday and King Day are celebrated on the same day. Oh, the dirty dogs. Dirty yeah, dogs. Yeah, um, well, here, here's what I would say. I, I saw an interesting discussion on Twitter, which is the great place to find interesting discussions. And, you know, somebody had posted about July. You, you mentioned saying and you telling somebody it was Black Folks July 4th. Well, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't categorize it in that way, personally, because... Um, I, I feel like I feel like it owes its own Juneteenth owe, is deserved its own acknowledgement for what it is, you know, given the fact that this country spent so many years kind of hiding in plain view uh, its ugliest truth, which is slavery, right? So, you know, you acknowledging that for your coworker. And it was interesting watching the news reports this morning. I woke up just to kind of see, you know, yes, it's being celebrated, but it's also being recognized for what it is. And I think that needs to happen. Now, here's the one that'll get you, Drew. The discussion, I'm going to read exactly the tweet. 
right? I'm because I'm not gonna say who it came from, uh, because I don't want you to know. I, I don't want y'all to know I follow this person. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I said it. Uh, so the question was, uh, I hate to read it. I'm gonna read it the same way. No, I'm gonna clean it up. Why aren't us going? Uh, what's the, how did the, okay? So I'm paraphrasing. It was it was. Do why aren't people celebrating Juneteenth in a similar fashion like they celebrate Cinco de Mayo? And so part of me, part of me had to kind of be like, well. You know, I I just sat back and I'm I've listened to him. I, I was reading the replies, getting a chuckle. So this is my this is my my guilty pleasure. I like to see dumb comments on Twitter and then I just read the comments and I get a I get a good laugh out of them, right? A dumb comment <laughs> so, following, following a dumb post. Yes. All right. So what what yeah, give so, me some of the responses? I want to hear this. Why don't black folks celebrate? Uh, Juneteenth, like they sell, like Hispanic celebrate. Is, uh, it, is it Hispanic? Is is Cinco de Mayo supposedly a Hispanic holiday, or is it a specific a Mexican so holiday? Consider the, the whole doggone thing original, is made up. Because in Mexico, they don't celebrate uh, May fifth. Uh, uh they, well, it's well, yeah, you know, that's the thing. They don't. Cinco de Mayo is been bastardized into a basic drinking party at your local establishment that sells Mexican food. That's what that the battle of the battle of Pueblo, right? I don't know if that necessarily was Mexico's independence. You know, I, I haven't studied enough history to say it is or is not. I know it has been turned into a campaign for people to drink, right? So the question said, are people go people went harder for Cinco de Mayo than they went for Juneteenth? Embarrassing. And so you read some of the comments and it'd be here's his comment. Uh, could it be that Juneteenth is not based on getting drunk? Some of us just want to have a good time and get some rest. So that brings up to the fact that this year Cinco de Mayo is on a Friday. My birthday is the day after Cinco de Mayo. So I knew, you know. Cinco de Mayo on Friday. Juneteenth is on a Monday. You know, who's going hard on a Monday? The next comment said, who's going hard on a Monday? Because we got to go to work on Tuesday. You can't go too hard on a Monday. Right. Yeah, you can't go too hard on Monday, right? Because you got to deal with what the next day? You got to deal with work. Work, 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 work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was... I, I'm telling you, this the, the thread was just entertaining as hell. Um, and then somebody said, uh, uh, somebody dropped a question about your July 4th. Um, yeah. And they said, aren't they kind of the same holiday? And I'm like, oh, hell no. So, so leads to that, now, July 4th and Juneteenth are the same. I'm like, what are we doing here, people? What are we doing? What are we doing? Why? Why do this? Why do this? Why can't why can't Juneteenth just be Juneteenth, uh, recognizing and celebrating our freedom, 
and, you know, let July 4th be July 4th for what it is. Right. All right, Brian. Two things. A, you, you mentioned Cinco de Mayo and that it be a made-up holiday for people to drink, uh, celebrate Mexican or Hispanic culture, correct? What's going to happen the next time we have the cross-section of Cinco de Mayo and Taco Tuesday, Brian? Um, technically that, I don't think that can happen because of the way the calendar falls. I think the closest Cinco de Mayo has been is on a Wednesday. Well, I don't, it, I don't technically. It, it, no, it can fall on a Tuesday. Nah, they, I don't, yeah. All right, somebody do some research out there. Somebody, somebody who's listening has Cinco, has Cinco de Mayo fallen on a Tuesday? May fifth could be a Tuesday. Uh, I don't really. It, it it's it's rare. I I think because of the way the calendar falls, I think you're more likely to have a Cinco de Mayo into the weekend, like late in the week, versus earlier in the week. Now that's. My unofficial observation based so on your my birthday, birthday has never been on a Wednesday. That's not true. Okay. So if your birthday is on a Wednesday, that means Cinco de Mayo was on Tuesday. All right. Which, is, right. which it may have been a bit, but that which may have been pre-Taco Tuesday when it last happened to You're you, right. bro. But and, and it is wouldn't it logically make sense that oh, there's six, seven, eight in a week? Wouldn't once every six or seven years? I know somebody's thinking that, so I just thought of it myself. Wouldn't once every six or seven years, Taco Tuesday fall on a, or Nico de Mayo fall on a Tuesday? You could. Or it once. could be a double cycle because you could. It could fall in a leap year that make it skip that so day. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm just throwing stuff out there. I'm just throwing it out there. All right, and Brian, last day before. Uh, before our guest comes on, John, uh, you know, I'm glad that uh, Juneteenth got passed as a federal holiday two years ago before the people in your your state of Florida had a chance to start doing this stuff with the all these history books and everything else, Brian. No, 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 don't, no, no, no. don't put this on the people of Florida. Not the people, this is the governor. Yeah, the thank governor. you. This is one. This is one man who feels like he has been empowered by yeah. by a few hundred thousand votes. Again, he only won by a, a small margin, enough of a margin. Now he he feels empowered and emboldened to do a lot of crazy s. But anyway, yeah, yeah. And Brian, the answer, the answer to your question, Brian, about Cinco de Mayo is on the screen. But anyway. You know, I'm glad that it was passed because it would be a doggone shame that the kids in Florida would possibly not learn about what Juneteenth is as they're trying to sanitize the books in the state of Florida. But Brian, you know, they've always said if you if you want to hide something for, for people, especially black people, put it in a book. But now we need to add an asterisk to that, Brian. Put it in the book and hide the book in the state of Florida. Nobody ever get to see it ever again. Oh man, that's a down dirty joke. Low down dirty joke. Ha ha ha. Um, all right. So look, I know 
anyone who might have tuned into our show, uh, obviously, you know, you we understand we are shit. not yet, not yet. And we are on summer hours. Obviously, our show hasn't started when we said it was going to start for how long now? We're going on six something weeks and all that. We, <laughs> so we, we are clearly in summer mode. And, you know, we'll eventually get into some sports because we got to we're going to get into talking about the NCAA revenue numbers. Uh, oh, we're going to learn about today, Brian. Yeah, we, we're going to talk about that in uh, 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 hour two and get into other some HBCU sports news. But I told you a couple weeks ago, man, look, I am I am a big time summer movie summer i i geek out in the summer with movies right and so like you know one of the things for me is i said look we got to start coming up with some summer content you know i don't know like i said whether it's movies or um music uh, this is black black uh music month don't don't sleep on that folks i know it's been changed to a lot of other things in popular culture but it always it started as or uh, Black Music Month was always a dominant thing that was advertising. Now those advertising dollars are going elsewhere. So whenever you have a chance to celebrate the many great new artists uh, that are black, don't get please reach retweet share hashtag Black Music Month. Anyway, that's June. So all that all that to say, summertime's a good time. The, the sports is a little lighter. Uh, the major sports. I mean, I don't know. We we can talk about golf, Drew, but if you're like me, you hate Rory well, McIlroy. I you know. So I, I mean, I, I I forgot that the U.S. Open even occurred this weekend since Tiger's not playing anymore. And is anybody even going to be watching the the French Open, considering Venus and Serena aren't there now? But oh, yes. we're not gonna get into that. Those we got our next. Those of, those of us who have uh, stakes in the game, Drew, we're always watching. <laughs> whether, we, whether we, whether it's background, or whether we're just like it's uh, whether we're paying attention, that's a whole other story. But we always watch, sleep on that. Yeah. So, but yeah, no. So we, uh, so we said, look, I told you, I said we gotta, we gotta go, and we gotta go off script a little bit of what we normally talk about, and we gotta, we, we gotta talk some, some movies, and just, and just kind of nerd out a little bit, and 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 I, and who better to nerd out with than our very own grumpy old nerd. That's right. We have a grumpy old nerd on staff. That's part of the Jericho broadcast Network's family. <laughs> so that's what we're going to do. I don't know. Are we going to take a break and then go to uh, yeah, uncle John? Or are we gonna... All right. So we're going to take a break. Proper way. All right. We're going to take a break. Come back. We're going to, um, Hang in there. If you if you tune in for sports, uh, hang in there. We'll we'll get to sports. If you love movies, if you learn, if you love, you know, just nerd now on 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 comics and movies, stuff like that, then you're gonna want to join us in the next segment. Make sure you stick around. I think we just lost Brian. You listen to watch the BCSN Sports Web with Brian and AD. We'll be right back. On the other side. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. 
Rethink your pack for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. For the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Stride K-12 powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state-certified teachers nice. trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall. CSN Sports Wrap. Uh, hopefully, um, my signal is better than what it was. Um, I'm not sure. Hopefully, you guys can hear me. Um, okay, we're yes, good sir. now. All right. All right. Well, hey, hey, joining us right now is our very own Grumpy Old Nerd, Uncle John, John Moran, co-host of the Grumpy Old Nerds that appear right here on Jericho Broadcast Network's uh, MyJBN one uh on youtube uh every wednesday night john how you doing tonight i am magnificent gentlemen how are you all doing today 
Doing fine, my brother. Doing fine. Good. Always, always good to be in the presence of my JBN cousins. <laughs> right. Well said. Uh, so for for people who may not be familiar uh, with uh, the Grumpy Old Nerds, give us uh, a little uh, or a rundown of the show um, and, and so on and so forth. And obviously the show, the show comes on Wednesday evenings, uh, 8.30 Eastern. And uh, you can always catch the shows on replay on our JBN uh, YouTube page. But um, let people know the those who aren't familiar about the show. Well, it's literally uh, an excuse for me and five of my friends to have, to act a fool on Dan uh, Trail <laughs> on the web. To be honest, uh, we we are out here talking about movies, sci-fi, TV, comics. Uh, there's gaming conversations, there's cosplay conversations, all kind of good stuff. You know, when I was a kid, it was hard to find other kids of color who were into comics like I was. I would go to the 7-Eleven and buy comic books and I'd have to put them in a brown paper bag out of embarrassment. You know, people would people would make fun of me. And now that we're- put them in a brown paper, hold on, hold on. You put them in a brown paper bag like like the magazines from behind the counter and stuff in front of the counter. Right, right. You didn't know what I had in that brown paper bag. What <laughs> they had the divider. But, but wait, but wait. The, 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 the irony is if I'd have had those other magazines in my brown paper bag, I'd have been so cool. But because I didn't, yeah. <laughs> they, they'd have made fun of me. I'd have had a lot more friends if I'd have had those, those magazines in brown paper bag. But this is this is uh, a, an opportunity for us as an older generation of people of color who have come up watching this stuff. You know, it's cool to be a nerd now. Everybody wants to be uh, involved in pop culture, cosplay, all the stuff that we got made fun of. Now everybody has embraced. And not to say that we're gatekeeping or haters, but you know, we have certain opinions on certain things that people now are just now becoming uh, coming into the circle. I, I feel so much more comfortable in my nerdness now than I did. I I've masked my nerdness in sports, John. I'm 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 confessing that here and now. That's why I'm a sport. That's why I live in two worlds the way I do because I masked that other side because it was cool to talk about and play and play sports. But then when I wanted to kind of nerd out, I'd go find like the. But everybody with with uh, with geeks and the sports because I knew how to navigate those conversations in both words. Didn't help my game with the ladies. I'll admit admit that. But I mean, look, as a young teenager, look, I I was I was okay. I was okay at that time until I went. Yeah, it, I it, it's anyway. it's hilarious because now everybody wants to. Ooh, let's go to the latest Marvel movie or ooh, let's go see Little Mermaid or and you know back in the day. If I'd have told my other friends that I wanted to do this stuff, they'd have looked at me cross-eyed. There was actually a Doctor Who club at my high school that I was ashamed to join because I was on the football team. <laughs> and and, oh, and now I look back, I, I'm like, you know what? I should have just gone ahead and done it because, you know, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a true fan of Doctor Who. But back in the day, my black self being in the Doctor Who club, oh, no. I'd have been ostracized. <laughs> it wouldn't have even been funny. So... I mean, it, it's it's nice that we are in this era of inclusion and everybody can can enjoy what they want to enjoy. But yeah, it was rough back in the day being a fan of this stuff. I uh, and, and I'm I make bring that to a, hold up. I'm gonna bring that to a sports uh, analogy for myself because mm -hmm. I was a good tennis player coming up uh, 
as, as a youth. And when I got to high school, and I'll admit, I went to a non-African-American high school. I was bused to my high school. So I was part oh. of the 20, I was part of the 20%. Okay. That was out there. And of that 20%, about 0.2% actually lived in the district. So, uh, but I was, I was pretty good tennis player. And I thought about going out for the tennis team in high school, but I could, I could be the only brother out there swinging a dog on tennis racket. So I did with every other brother who Knew he wasn't quite good enough to play baseball because I couldn't hit a curveball mm-hmm. when I got to about 14. So I did what everybody else did. I ran track. I actually yeah. wound up being good at track. Okay. But I I probably would have rather much rather been, you know, thinking I was, you know, Arthur Black instead of Arthur Ash out there, you know. This- <laughs> <laughs> even if I would have had, even if I would have had the Williams sisters, at least I would have right. had right. a African American uh, person look at. You know, all you had was Zena Garrison back in the day, as far as uh, black women, because uh, I didn't know anything about Althea Gibson at that point mm-hmm. in time. So, but it, but I, it was- I, I understand your pain. No, no, it, it's it's funny how we were pigeonholed. In, a, in certain positions, you know, it was basketball, track. Um, you couldn't read comic books. You couldn't enjoy, you know, sci-fi and stuff of that nature. And I, I personally, I had to kind of withdraw. I wasn't very social anyway, so I kind of withdrew into this world of, you know, Star Wars, uh, Superman the movie, the very first one, um, just just stuff like that to to entertain me. And I felt alone man this turned into a sob story hold on <laughs> but you know there, there are certain aspects where you kind of felt alone it was just like wow you know i wish i had friends to talk to which brings us back to grumpy old nerds and now we're in a position where we can go out there and give our honest and probably abrasive opinions about all the stuff that's out there now uh-huh uh-huh yeah i i make it a point as a as an educator in high school and middle school when I see that student, even even if it's a somewhat semi-popular student who's sort of in an area where you may not categorize them as, hey, that, that's that's what you should be doing or that's your click, I make a point to just privately tell them, hey, man, I, I like to see that you're with this group. Don't get this up. Don't don't be peer pressured into yeah. giving. You enjoy this. Don't be yeah. pressured into giving this. I, I say the same thing about high school students with their faith. Because that was another thing that I was kind of one of them things. I I was ashamed. I went to church all the time, but it wasn't cool. It wasn't cool to talk about that. So now when I see kids, I, I almost get misty eyed when I see kids expressing their faith as a teenager. And I felt like such a coward because I was like, I, I was not strong enough to 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 talk about that. But anyway, that you know, it all all parallels. Um, but but let's kind of get into this summer. Um I have, I've, we're, we're, we're kind of out of COVID. I feel like, I'm not, I dare I say COVID is not around anymore. I don't want anybody to jump on me or get flagged. But we, we're sort of, I, I feel like we're removed from the, the shackles of COVID. People are going to the movies more. Uh, the movies are making multi-millions of dollars. The advertising is back. Uh, the prices are outrageous. You got to join a movie club these days just to get a deal or feel like you get the deal. It, you know, um, the movies that are out that have come out so far, what, what is your evaluation of what we've seen 
And because I feel like we're almost at about the halfway point of the summer. The summer movies mm-hmm. kind of start Memorial weekend, and we're almost at the halfway point. What what we've had uh Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy, uh mm-hmm. Spider-Man, we've had um I don't know the if Flash. you consider we had the Flash. I don't know if you consider I consider we had Transformers. Um yeah. We had Fast X. I, I, you know, I, I, I throw that in there because, it, you know, at, at, this point, at this point, Fast X is a superhero franchise because none of that. Hey, is thank you. Exactly. None of it. When, when, when Vin exactly. Diesel starts shooting cars exactly. in the space, exactly. now we're just like, okay, you know what? <laughs> Let, let's let's just I Off give the up. Rails. <laughs> yes. Off but, the rails. Yeah. But um, th- those those films. It's interesting because. Um, this summer, I think, is going to mark the beginning of Marvel's downfall. And what I mean by that is they've had a chokehold on the superhero genre for so long. It's been over 10 years now, and they've made so much content. People expect a particular level of excellence from them. And, and don't get me wrong, they've built up enough sweat equity where they could throw out something like a Fast 10, <laughs> and it would still make money. But the quality of the films is beginning to kind of wear and you're starting to see the same stories over and over. And they really have, I, I think the breaking point is going to be Secret Invasion, which comes out on uh, Disney Plus on Wednesday. That's going to, that, the, the reviews for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 were mixed at best. Um, you, 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 you're looking at Ant-Man uh, Quantumania was terrible, just a terrible film. And, and you're looking at them repeating the same formula over and over. You can only tell so many stories about the same subject. And I feel that um, the best superhero movie out, which is kind of a Marvel production, but Sony uh, co-owns the property, was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is hands down the best uh, superhero film that I've seen in a long time. Are you are you familiar with the concept of jumping the shark, Or right? Are you familiar oh, absolutely. with that concept? Yeah, yes, when so, Fozzie jumped the shark on Happy Days. Yes, sir, I am right there with yeah. you. So, so for anybody who doesn't know what that means, the concept of jumping the shark is when a an event happens in a TV series or show that, that pretty much signals the downfall. Like any of your favorite shows that you love, there's a point where you just say, oh, hell, it just all started going downhill after yep. this moment or this season or something like that, right? All off. A lot of shows hang on too long, right? So where you're so you're kind of implying that you feel like the Marvel thing, the storylines are about that. We're about to hit that point with uh, with Secret Invasion. Well, what what happened is I think we jumped the shark with uh, Infinity War and Endgame because they hit such a peak that they're still trying to scramble and recover from that. Um, Endgame, Avengers Endgame, let, let, let's break, this, break it down like this. You had uh, uh, a situation where you, you've got, you built this story so high and so far, and you hit that peak, there's an inevitability that you're, you're gonna fall, and the quality's gonna fall, and I mean, that's, that's just how life goes, mountains, peaks, and valleys. Um, Endgame was such a monumental event in cinema history. And I'm talking about that's 10 years of story story and world building. And you hit this. Right. And Thanos has 
succeeded in eliminating half the universe. And then the Avengers are able to come back and reverse that. Now everything's fine and dandy. Cool. But in dealing with the aftermath and introducing so many more new characters, you're now still, people are becoming numb. You know, okay, so who died and that was the catalyst for you becoming the superhero? Or, okay, so now you're, uh, you got hit by gamma rays and now you're an offshoot of, you know, this particular character or, you know, what, what multiversal event happened so now you've become this superhero. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm a comic book reader for life. So all this stuff to me is still gold. But for the peripheral, for the people who, who came out for Iron Man, for the first set of films, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and who were like, oh, this world is new to me. They're not diehards. They're not people who, who, who have sustained their entertainment by these characters. So now they're beginning, they're beginning to get worn out. Okay, so they saved the world again. <laughs> you know, after so many times saving the world, how, how, it's no longer new. It's, it's you better save the world instead of, wow, you saved the world. So, yeah, I think Endgame was that pinnacle. And now Marvel is recovering. And they're trying to, in trying to uh, simulate that big event, they're making Kang another Thanos-type villain where, don't get me wrong, Jonathan Majors is a great actor and great performer. But how much bigger can you possibly make it? Now you're you're throwing so many characters and storylines at people, and they feel that you you've got you everybody feels that you have to watch everything because everything is tied together. Well, that's a lot of viewing. That's a lot of TV. That's a lot of movies, and people are starting to become numb. It's just like why why do I want to continue watching this stuff when I'm going to get the same story just told a different way with different characters? So yeah, they, they they Endgame was jumping the shark, and we're in a serious do, uh, decline right now. See, I'm I'm of the thought, and I, Drew, jump in because you, you know you leave this to me and John. We'll be here all day. Hey, I know. Yeah, y'all y'all have a good conversation <laughs> over there. I'm just I'm just sitting back. Matter of fact, y'all y'all continue to have. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> My man walked out the door. <laughs> Said, I'm gonna go get a drink of tea. I'll be back in a second. No, but look, I, okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The 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 blip. And see, here's the, this is this is where my mind is, John. I can re- I could tell you who the infield was of the 1986 Mets, and I have this discussion all times with Roy because Roy is like this with movies and these. So we we are the polar opposites. So like. Like I could tell, I could tell Roy. You know, Roy is a Heat fan. I could tell Roy who the starting lineup was for the Heat back in X, Y, and Z years, right? Hey, who right. played it? But when it, gets to, when it gets to this world, my my capacity to retain every minute detail is slim. So when I say when I'm saying, if I'm wrong, jump in here. The blip, which is considered that moment when you know Thanos snapped his fingers. We know five years took place, right? Five years. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Marvel hasn't done enough to tell us about that five years and what it was like for people. The you know we've gotten little hints here and there of what it was like for some and what it. Did. But I feel like there's a and then everybody came back and then it was like okay the story of everybody coming back really hasn't been fleshed out but now we're moving on to alternate timelines and i'm like wait yeah so i 
that that's what that's what throws me off, and that's what worries me about where they're going with all this talk about timelines and all these yeah. different shows that are coming up. Yeah, I can't yeah. keep track. I'm, I feel like I'm about to lose track. So real quick, before I answer that question, Edwin Moore uh, posted a comment, said the Bond films get away with it. Why does Marvel not get away with it? Because of Bond films, you have at least two or three years in between films. With Marvel, you've got content coming out every six months. <laughs> you know, it's just like, we but right after Endgame, you had Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, um, Ant-Man, a new Ant-Man film. It, it's like they're bombarding you with stuff. And I, and from a business standpoint, you got to make the, the buying public kind of want you for a little while. You give, give us a moment to miss you. You know what I'm saying? I know my wife loves me, but every now and again, she's going to want me to step into another room. So she has an opportunity to say, OK, John, come here. You know, you know what I'm saying? Is that you don't want me under you all the time. And Marvel's like that little annoying sibling that's always tapping at your ankles. Hey, come spend some money. Come watch this superhero save the world again. Or, hey, here's some more money. Come watch uh, this superhero. So, yeah, Marvel. And, and, and again, for me, I'm I'm cool with it to an extent because I've grown up watching these characters and wanting to see them on screen. But for the for the general public, you know, they're just like, man, chill. We we <laughs> we, we see you. We we know you out there saving the world. Thank you very much. Uh, give me something else. Um, so concerning the blip, and I saw Drew when you started talking about it, Drew <laughs> started smiling and giggling. Like, yeah, man, they, they call it the blip. <laughs> but that five-year span, I think that with that five-year span, Marvel has given us a little bit of what it was like. But I agree with you. If I'm if I was a supervillain and I discovered that there was a half the superheroes were gone, I'm going to town. I'm robbing every bank. Um, I'm knocking over every uh, gas station, liquor store, whatever. I'm living the life because half the heroes are gone. I got to worry about y'all. Not only are half the heroes are gone, half of my competition is gone. So now I'm a supervillain on the loose. Why? Why am I? <clears throat> why am I not taking, trying to successfully take over the world? So, and you've got the Avengers who are all in mourning and they're all sad because half their members are gone. Okay, da da da. And they're too busy looking for Thanos. So. Who's to say uh, somebody wasn't trying to take over something during the blip? You're right. I agree. They they just kind of glazed over that and didn't really give us an in-depth look of that five-year gap where half of the world was just gone. You know, they, they touched on it in Endgame, but they never really dove knee-deep into it. So I agree that that, that would have been something for us to see in that that however long was it a six month span between films a year yeah that that would have been so if i was the head of marvel that six month span along with developing everything else is going to happen after i would have been like okay well let's kind of explore how the world was shaped with half the population going on or all of half of all of existence having gone because you know they were talking about um more whales coming into uh, the ocean or something because there weren't as many ships uh, killing them or hunting them. So yeah, let's explore that. Let's right. look at that. I, I agree. But let me ask you something, uh, Brian. That, that's. Let, let me ask you something, Brian. What is your opinion of the DC films? Uh -huh. 
Um, you know, I, it's, it's good we transition to that because I, I actually watched Black Adam. Uh, okay. Actually liked it. And I went back. See, I'm, you know, I know there's the, 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 the changes going on in the DC verse. <laughs> um, and so I see, I think the DC, the problem with DC is they have so many TV shows. See, DC okay. has the, the, the TV shows that are running on the, the CW. And right. I think because of that, it clouds what they're trying to do with the movies. So it's like when these movies come out, they I feel like they're 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 separate from the TV shows. It's like the TV show. It, so there's that balancing act, which I think the movie side has sort of failed in a bit. But but I like, you know, where they were going. Mm-hmm. Now I'm I, you know I'm I, I know I haven't seen the Flash yet. That's on my objective. Hopefully this week I can go see it. But to my okay. knowledge. <laughs> you said, "Uh oh, uh oh!" You, you got. I, I have to out of loyalty. I have to go see it. You know what I'm saying? It's just one of those. I just have that's to go a, see. That's if the same money. Uh oh. Netflix. See, that's what. That's why you get movie. That's why you get movie passes. See, you get the movie membership, and I'm already paying twenty something bucks a month, so I might as well go get a free ticket, right? But um, right. I am kind of waiting to see what they do like i thought um i don't I, you know i i don't know it's uh, honestly john the, the, the as, as stumbling around as i am and talking about dc that's what i feel like they've done they fumbled the bag really yeah. with what they're doing yeah. they, they really have yeah. they, they fumbled it because i feel like they had a thing going where you know you had your superman you had your batman and wonder woman um, you had this, the Justice League was starting to come together and I, I feel like they're about to mess that up. Like, like I don't understand why you bring Shazam into, like, bringing Shazam, the movie was kind of like, why? Why why bring Shazam into this? What? Is so, Shazam going to be part of the Justice League? Where's Green so, Lantern in all this? I'm just <laughs> at that. Anyway, go ahead. No, no, you, you I, I had you. You were on a roll. See, the reason I'm laughing is because on our show, uh, Grumpy Old Nerds, Wednesdays at 8.30, uh, 7.30 Central, uh, the reason that one of the things that we do, we'll get on a rant talking about DC, and it just goes downhill because they've mismanaged it in such a big way. You know, you can tell that comic book people and comic book readers are in charge at Marvel, whereas suits and corporate types are in charge at DC because Marvel, no matter how you may feel about Marvel and lately their films and the quality of their films it's a tightly woven story and everybody's talking to each other you can tell that that's writer's room is everybody talking to each other saying okay we want this character to go on a trajectory this character will intersect these two characters will never cross paths and this character will come back in another way meanwhile dc has superman batman and wonder woman three of the If you're talking about, <clears throat> I'm sorry, if you're talking about a modern day Greek mythology, those three sit on Mount Olympus mm-hmm. right now. And I'm probably mixing yes. this up. Yes. But those three sit on top, <laughs> probably probably three of the most popular superhero Iconic. characters in media. Yes, in media. And they're misusing them. Like Henry Cavill, for me, my Superman was Christopher Reeve because back that was the first True. Superman. That was one of the first 
true superhero films back in the day. So yes, Christopher Reeve is my Superman and John Williams score is my Superman score. I mean, now I'm really showing my nerd. Mm -hmm. But I understand this generation, their Superman is Henry Cavill. Why would you change that? Why would you? Why are right. you trying to find another? Super, you have your Superman. Batman is a whole nother story. Now you've had many a Batman through the millennia. And every, and, every, every Batman in Batman movie is a different person. Same <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, okay, first we had to get rid of, we had to get used to Michael Keaton. Now, mind you, when Michael Keaton was announced, everybody was like, are you nuts? Why would you have him as Batman? Now he's synonymous with the character. Um, then you had yeah. George Clooney. Then you had Val Kilmer. Now you've got Robert Pattinson. It's like, who is a definitive Batman? Mar what Marvel did was they got actors who you you define these actors by as these superheroes. When I read a comic book, if I'm reading an Iron Man story, I have Robert Downey Jr. reciting those words in my head. If I'm reading a yeah. comic book and I have uh, Captain America, I hear uh, Chris Evans in my head. Those characters are synonymous with those actors. With DC, who's who? Gal, G Gal Gadot, if I'm saying her name correctly, she's Wonder Woman, that's fine. I think they're trying to replace her. It, it just doesn't make any sense what DC is yes, doing. Yes, I heard that. And, that makes sense. And, there, and there's no connectivity. There's no connectivity between the universes. You've got the CW universe. You've got the film universe. Now you've got Elseworlds, Elseworlds universes where you have a Joker who's off doing his thing in another timeline, and you've got a uh, Batman who's off doing stuff uh, outside of the Justice League, Zack Snyderverse, which don't get me started with that nonsense. So it's just like DC has these characters. Oh, and I, I'm, I, I would be remiss if I did not mention DC has a stable of characters of color under the Milestone Comics banner. When Black Panther came out, that showed that you can have a black superhero and will show up. We came out for Black Panther in droves. And even when brother uh, brother passed away and they had to bring us a new Black Panther, we still came out in droves to see a Black Panther film. DC has a stable. And at the head of that class is Static. Why did they not give us a Static film? Why do we not have a hardware film? Why do we not have an icon film? You've got these black characters developed by Dwayne McDuffie who are who are powerful, diverse, and you're sitting on them, literally. Sit, they're not being used at all. Why? What is happening? And forgive me for yelling. I, I, I got real aggressive. Uh, you, just, you just literally, after I've been waiting 30 minutes to try to get a question in, you didn't already answer the question that I was getting ready to ask you was about the black uh black superheroes. I mean, yes. you Black Panther, you got Luke Cage, you got Storm, but after that, you can't name too many of them. Uh, and when I say you, you can, I can't because I'm. And, and the reason I say that because I'm the lay uh comic comic fan. Right, I'm not. Right. I'm not the nerd like you I got guys. you. So yeah. What, what's up with that, man? It, it, there are black characters out there. And my my issue with DC, this is my biggest issue with DC right now. You have, when they did the, the Justice League film, instead of, you know, everybody loves the Justice League cartoon, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. The black character there was Green Lantern, Jon Stewart. Now, a lot of people who grew up with that cartoon didn't recognize, don't know 
that the original Green Lantern was a character named Hal Jordan, a white dude. So when, <laughs> so any other time they see a Green Lantern as Hal Jordan, they're like, hold on, why we ain't got John Stewart out there? That's because John Stewart isn't the original Green Lantern, which I think is hilarious. Now, having said that, why was John Stewart not in the, in the Justice League film? They gave a cyborg who was a black character, but he was with the Teen Titans. Why would you take one character, put him somewhere and switch it like that? That, that just doesn't make logical sense. You've got a built-in fan base. Literally, there are people who are clamoring, excuse me, for black characters, and you don't put them out. That doesn't make any sense to me. And Marvel showed you there's bankability with black characters, black superheroes. Hell, we've got the Little Mermaid where uh, Ariel, look, there are videos of little black girls weeping, watching, <laughs> watching, Area a commercial showing uh, the black actress as a Little Mermaid. Why DC? Why you instead of a black character you give us Shazam? Who wants to see that? Why who who wants to see Shazam? What do people even understand what Shazam is or what what it's about? Why give us Static? Static had a cartoon. Static Shock was a popular cartoon yeah, back yep, in the I remember early two thousand. I remember that. I remember that. Why why is Static not on our screens right now? And 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 I'll give you another thing. Spider-Man, Miles Morales is the hot new Spider-Man right now, an Afro-Latino teenage boy. DC, you have that. Yeah. You have static. Put him out there. People will die. Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse is, I believe, is the top grossing comic book uh film right now, even though it's animated. DC, you have the blueprint. Go ahead, baby, what you waiting on? So yeah. Uh, end of my rant. I'm sorry. Uh, Jeremiah Clark has a question from uh, off of our YouTube. Can you ask him if folks are into those type, into those type movies, just try to relive their childhood? I'm just curious. Thanks. The answer, the answer to that is a resounding yes. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, like for real. I'm. I'm. You got the kids who, again, nerddom is cool now, who are watching it and enjoying it. But for us old heads who grew up with this stuff. Yeah, that that this is me on Saturday mornings, watching, uh, sitting in front of a TV, watching Super Friends and reading comic books, uh, eating and eating cereal. This is my childhood. This is lit, and that's why I guess why I'm passionate about it because I can see if it's done right how it can be sustained. But because they're more worried about money and just because of mismanagement, they're running this into the ground. And and the comic book art form is a the comic book art form has been around since the 40s and 50s. There are so much material, so much, so many characters that you can use and put out there if they're used correctly. It, it, extension of your childhood, yes, Edward Moore, exactly. So why are you, you, these are people who are not comic book fans. Like Marvel, uh, DC, please, I'm willing to work for a tenth of what Kevin Feige is making for James Gunn. Please, <laughs> I, because I will steer you in the right direction. I will not steer you wrong. Hey, um, John. Before we hold, hold on, hold on. Well, go ahead, Drew. Go ahead. You got you got a question. I know. I've, no, I, actually, I, I think we we've both get ready to do the same thing. We both seems like we're getting ready to close this out a little bit. Uh, I just want you to tell tell us about this urban nerd con that's going to be going on in Atlanta next month. And when you're telling it about it, I need you to tell it from well. I really don't have to worry about you telling it from a black point of view, but 
I need you to tell it from a black point of view to a sports audience, since that's the normal audience that kicks in to us, not only for them, but their kids, their grandkids, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, got you. Okay, so black point of view first, because I'm always black and that'll never change. Um, When I was a kid growing up and I attended my very first uh, comic convention, which is a Comic-Con, I was one of maybe three out of these thousands of people, I was one of maybe three uh, kids of color in the audience. And it was, although I was excited to be there, I felt excluded. I felt like alone. And the reason that we're doing the Urban Nerd Con is because for all the kids, all the adults who have felt alone in their nerddom, this is for us. This is about uh, fans of color. This is about creators of color. This is about content of color. We want to make sure that we're represented. And, and just like I was saying with DC, we want to be represented and we're willing to go out and and enjoy each other's company, hang out and do what we do. That's the, uh, you can get your tickets at the urbannerdcon.net. Thank you, Roy. And just go out and, and have a good time. It's a safe space, cosplay, buying comics, buying memorabilia, buying merchandise. It's, it's, it's just, uh, uh, an event where everybody can come in and and it's not just black people anybody can come but we're specifically looking for that audience of people of color um hey, in hey, terms- speaking of john hold up yes sir i don't know if you can see these posters but i've got right here on the wall i got my glasses on i got these at the nerd con last year a couple of uh, nice. posters i got right here at the wall man I got a couple. Let's go. Nice. Yes, yes, Tuskegee Airs. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, Tuskegee yeah. Airs. One of the, and I, if I'm not mistaken, one of the brothers who created that book will be at the NerdCon as well. Um, but in, in terms of sports. So I got sports, a little nerd in me, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> but before the, before the, um, for the sports audience, this is the GOAT. This is, this is the greatest, uh, this is for, and I feel that this is the goal because this is for us. This is for creators, uh, fans of color to come in and intermingle. And again, it's not just for us, but it's about us and it's for us. And everybody is welcome. Everybody can come. <clears throat> July 21st through 23rd here in Atlanta. It was a Sheridan. I'm not sure what the hotel is called now. And if you stay at the host hotel, you'll get one free pass to the con as well. So it's also a deal. And we have so many guests lined up. We're having cosplay events. We're having gaming events. Um, just something for everybody. And I'm super excited to be a part of this. Yeah, I'm 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 I told Roy I'm looking forward to uh being there. It'll it'll be Drew, it'll be that nice in between uh a couple of media days. I know I know there's some sports media days happening around that same time. I'm looking at hitting some sports media days, then being in Atlanta for this, and then back off on the road again to another uh, uh, sports media day. So um, that, and, I'm, and I'm just not I'm looking forward are, to that. And we will be broadcasting, Grumpy Old Nerds will be broadcasting live. And oh my God, we're going to have it. As my grandmother used to say, we're yes. going to have a time. We're going to have a time. We're going to have a time. That that's gonna be that's gonna be a good that's gonna be a good live uh live shows last couple live couple of shows that uh, yeah. that you guys are gonna get a chance to do. Um, 
we gotta we gotta we gotta make we, we'll talk about that offline. Right, we gotta make sure we get the right kind of hype person in there to uh, to to kind of to kind of do that right for you guys. Um, yes, hey, sir. before yes, you sir. go, John, give people a couple of movies this summer, um, it, whether it's already happened or maybe something to look out for. Some some recommendations. You know, I'm a big fan of the old school Siskel and Ebert. So uh, you know, either something that you watch or something that you would recommend that they watch when it hits the theater. Well, I, I will recommend Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. That film is phenomenal. The the amount of effort that they went into making that film and the animation in and of itself, it's a, it's a treat visually it's and it's a treat story-wise as well. Sure. I'm going to say yes. yep. a, lot of, a lot of times with these films, the exposition will put you to sleep. It's all about the action. Even the exposition in this film is fantastic. When characters are just talking, you're just like, you're glued to the screen like this. It is that movie. That movie is the movie of the summer for me so far. I'm looking forward to Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, Harrison Ford is 80 years really? old now. Um, I'm I, Again, old school, man. I went and saw Raiders of the Lost Ark with my father. And this is, this is one of those reliving my childhood moments when the boulder is rolling down, chasing him out of the cave. All I heard was my father screaming, run, Indiana, run! And, and that tickled the hell out of me. So, and my father was nowhere close to being like a nerd like that. And just the fact that he dug Raiders of the Lost Ark, I was like, okay. Every Indiana Jones that comes out, I have to see in the theater just because of that. Um, I, 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 I hesitate to say this, but I'm severely disappointed in The Flash. Uh, DC fumbled the bag again. And, um, yeah. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> if, if you want to see it, please go see it. Uh, maybe it's just me, but they're one thing that they're doing wrong with these superhero films now is everything has to be a joke. Everything there can't be a scene that's just serious. Everything has to be the best part of the Flash is the last third of the film because they stop trying to make you laugh and tell a story. Okay. And I think that when you're not, when you're not confident in a property, you're not confident in a project, you'll try and throw a joke in there to, to distract us. And the first two thirds of the film are them trying to distract us. When the last third of the film, when it gets to the heart of the story, is the best part of that film. So uh, buyer beware. If you go see Fast 10, all right, all you, right. just, you just don't care about the real world. You just like, yeah, I just want to see cars. I don't. Zoom I don't. <laughs> it, it's, like, it's like why I went to go see every Harry Potter and I never read the books, but just because I, I, I dug it, I was like, you know, yeah. it's pretty cool. And I just found, yeah. I found, I found a little nerd, a nerd friend that to go watch it. I didn't tell nobody I was going, didn't tweet about it, didn't Instagram it. You know, mm -hmm. I, Hey, I went to go watch all seven or eight or however many there were. I went to go see all of them in order. I did not dress up though. Did not dress up. So I kept, I kept <laughs> Are you going to dress when you go to the nerd you know con, what? Brian? <laughs> Uh, no, but I just asked no, Brian was he go no. dress when he went to the nerd car. I, I, and I will be honest with you, Brian. I went to the one last year. I mean, I was in some nice, decent street clothes, and bro, I felt totally out of place. <laughs> I did not have on some type of costume. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that kind of vibe. You, you come in. I, I really felt. Yeah. Wait a minute. I, I felt like you did 
tried to go join that club that you was trying to join yes. in high school. Yes. I felt like that kid yes. <laughs> because I was yes. dressed like anybody else on the street. Not yes. dressed for a Comic Con. <laughs> oh, and one more thing that I'm looking forward to, and I have to say this because I'm a massive Doctor Who fan. The first Black Doctor will be um, this year. And I am over the moon. I've been watching. So for those of you who don't know, Doctor Who is a story of a, of a time traveler who regenerates when that's how they, they came up with the idea of when the actor is done portraying this or gets tired of portraying this character, they regenerate, which means they become another person, which is why this show has been able to be on, be on for 50 years. And the first African-American male, not African-American because he's from England. But the first black male will be the doctor this year, and I am so excited for that. Uh, my nerd, my my nerd flag is flying right See. now. <laughs> See, you, you just went, you just went like to the what what they call it, Drew. He went to the to the the the, the next level, the next whatever they call it in the Masons. You just went to the next level of nerddom, the the nth degree of nerddom that I am not there yet. I, I want to get down with Doctor Who. But now I know why, because you, what you just said, mind blown. I, I can't even yes. do it. I can't do it. Um, <laughs> but but look, right. it's a black it's a black man and it's a black queer male, and the gatekeepers are losing their minds over this. So I am so excited for this. Oh but I'm, I'm sorry, oh. fellas. I just want to say thank you so very much for having me on tonight. It's been a pleasure. Uh, once again, yeah. we 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 cousins on this JBN network, so we gotta we gotta. I need to have y'all on the show one day. Am I getting a commitment? To have Uncle AD and Uncle Brian on on the show, I'm, you I'm definitely get down. Uncle Brian. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what I can bring to the show, but <laughs> ask, I will be there. <laughs> okay, well, well, let's do that. Oh, if, because if you'll be at the NerdCon, you can I'm, be on our I'm show. I'm there for that. I'm there for there the live go. show. I will be that. Look, we yes. I, we normally do a show at the same time, so. I, I I will be there for the live show. I'm down. I you know whatever. I I'm down. Whatever I can, you know whatever I can give to the collection plate. I'm 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 there. I'm there. Fantastic. Um, so Fantastic. yeah, folks. Uh, appreciate you appreciate you nerding out with us, John. I appreciate it, man. And uh, Wednesdays eight thirty right here on uh, JBN Network, uh, Jericho Broadcast Networks, YouTube.com slash myjbn one. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed. You can always watch it. Uh, for those of you who don't like listening to FAMU folks talk about FAMU Rattlers all day, you can tune over and, uh, and catch uh, Grumpy Old Nerds right here on the Jericho Broadcast Network. So uh, with that said, we will take a short break, come back, and, and get back to sports because I know some of y'all tuned in for sports, but it's summertime. And still gonna it's just going to be off the rail <laughs> in a different way. So appreciate you, John. We'll holler. Thanks, fellas. Take it easy. All right. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational. Powerhouse. 
intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice dot com. Always on, all the time. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dash as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton Esquire. 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471, thamptonlaw.com. Majesty is a premium health and wellness tea line focused on bringing delicious yet healthy tea blends to the community. Filled with an abundance of vitamins and antioxidants, we work to blend teas with exotic spices and fruits to produce scrumptious and wholesome beverages. So check us out at MyMajesties.com. That's M-Y-M-A-J-E-S-T-E-A-S.com. My Majesties, an Urban Passport member. All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap live here on Monday. And uh, we, if you hung out with us in our last segment, you uh, obviously we weren't talking sports, so we appreciate Uncle John for uh, jumping in with us and nerding out, trying to do something a little bit different. It's a, you know, we we could talk about APRs and we could talk about we got plenty of time to talk about preseason rankings, conference order. Best QB, best returners, uh, you know, what JSU did last night, uh, all that other stuff. You know, look, see, Jeremiah, that see, that's the kind of bullying we're talking about, Drew. See, that's inadvertent <laughs> bullying, you know, Jeremiah. You know, I, I'm not afraid to dress up. I won't be dressing up, though. Now, look, I'll be honest. I thought about the question, and I said it has to be tasteful. So if I'm dressing up, I'm a big guy here, okay? You can tell by the shoulders. If you met me in person, I'm a big guy. So first off, you're not going to catch me in no Superman, Batman, anything where there's, there's tight and small. You know, I, I've got to either be in something like – I've got to either be in something like Hulk. 
I got I had to, you know, if I'm if I get a chance to be hulked out, okay. Or the thing, you know, now the thing, you know, that's the, you know, that that's a big, that's a big character, that's a big, big guy. That's about the extent of it. You know, I mean, I, I I can't think of too many other big characters uh that that I could be, you know. So I gotta be I gotta keep it on the real, you know. So yeah, I won't be dressed up as a wizard or a vampire. Now, now, Drew, you know, there's only one thing that can get me to dress up like that. Now, the same thing some of y'all be walking around the mall talking about thing two and thing one and all that other stuff. There's only one way that I can be dressed up and and won't be ashamed is if you know if, if there's if there's some eye candy on my arm that wants to that yeah well if I lose a bet yes that's one way if I lose a bet or I got some I got some I got some eye candy that's uh you know what I'm saying that that's that's like hey you need to be dressed up like this okay baby sure I'll get you. anyway I just I just thought I just thought I'd put that out there so Jeremiah. Just know Brian, you see hey, me dressed up. So, so, the if gonna, so if you're gonna be in Atlanta, Brian's gonna need a date. So if you ask but, hey, I'm willing Brian, to roll. Anybody, hey, yeah, exactly. You you hey, ladies, you wanna get you wanna you wanna go in cosplay? I'll escort you. I have no shame. I will escort you and I'll throw on a costume. Hey, hey Brian, if you want to go hook him up with a pass to get in. Might hook him up with a pet. Look at that, Drew. I go as R two D two. No, I'm just kidding. I ain't going into R two D two. That's ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, if, if hey, if she's Princess Leia, I'm just saying, <laughs> Drew. You know, I will. Anyway, I'll, anyway. But hey, um, all right. So let's go over to uh, what was that? I, I knew that was Brian's angel on dressing nerd. What? Uh, anyway, um, okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> for the for the stick to sports crowd out there, um, you know, the uh, Denver Nuggets won the NBA World Championship, for those who don't know, and the uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights won the NHL Championship. So there you go. But so, uh, no. Right. Which yeah. of those do we consider a gentleman's sweep? Or do we consider Okay, so this was a great... Okay, we were having this discussion. Well, you and I were doing this, weren't we? About the gentleman yeah. suite. What do we classify the gentleman? Okay. So we felt like there has to be consecutive wins, like three consecutive wins that have to take place in order for there to be a gentleman sweep. So I, for me, did the, hold on, let me ask this question. Did the Vegas, which game did Florida win against Vegas. Was it game three or four? Hold up. I think it was I'm, game I'm four. Like Vegas won four. I know one. In, in the- Okay. Vegas so, won so four. The question one. I mean, Florida won game three of that series. So I would, for uh, me, I would consider the Vegas win over Florida a gentleman's sweep. I would not consider the Nuggets win over the Heat a gentleman's sweep. And for me, my difference is for it to be considered a gentleman's sweep, 
the series could have never had been tied, which means that. Oh, oh, that's what it was. Yes, that was the criteria. In the Miami, in the Miami Denver series, it was tied in one one. one. Right. So the series was tied. And think about this, Drew. And the only other way that could be. Hold on, hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. When it was tied up at one one, think about this. When it was tied up at one one, there were people who actually thought the Heat had a chance of winning. Exactly. Soak soak that in. That's so. Yeah. Go ahead. What you were saying. Uh, so that, yeah, either the team that lost had to be up 1-0 and then lose the next four, or you had 1-1 with the winning team winning the next three, which which is what happened in the Denver-Miami series versus the Florida-Las Vegas series where Vegas went up 2-0, Florida got one, and then Vegas brought it home. That's a gentleman's sweep. The only other way you have a gentleman's sweep would obviously be up going up 3-0 losing game four and then coming back and winning game five. Um, I, I gotta, I'm got i going to respond to to that question right here from Edwin. Talk about, is it weird that hockey champions are from warm, hot climates? Um, it, it, it would be if, if only for the fact, Edwin, that they're finishing the series in June, in the summer. If, if you know what I'm saying, so it's like if hockey finished its season in the winter April. or even right before, yeah, or April, you know what I'm saying? I would think that'd be great, you know, because maybe you might catch a little snow in a cold climate city, but damn, they're playing it in June, in July. So, cats are going to the you're going to the stadium or the arena. In shorts, you got a hockey sweater on, but you're probably wearing shorts as you're when you're in there. Um, and and yeah, I, I don't even think about it anymore. The fact that a Florida team in Vegas and two hot climates, yeah, you know, who knows? I, I don't think when it'll ever, last ever time a Canadian team won. That's what you know. If anybody should be upset, that's who should be upset. Canadians talking about when will we ever get back into the Stanley Cup final. Uh, but anyway, uh, so now we've uh, we've talked we've we've added in some hockey into this show. This lets you know, guys we 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 are we are those guys. We we are you know after doing this for so long, we can we can uh, we can let our guard down and we can talk about other things. But uh, uh, back to some HBCU sports. Um, Drew just let me know. And I don't know if this is breaking news, Drew. So uh, we'll call it as such. But uh, just found out that Drew is going to be writing for a second year with D2Football.com. So uh, for the SIAC, uh, congrats, Drew. Yeah, yeah, just uh, just confirmed this about a week ago that uh, I'll be invited back to cover another season of SIAC football for D2Football.com. And that coverage will begin right here on the Black College Sports Network when we cover the SIAC Media Day, which will be held July 12th right there in Atlanta, Georgia, Brian. So I'll be playing the dual role during that broadcast. So with all of your duties and all the things that you do now, those who don't know, Drew is a sports information director for a, a 
Division Two school, correct? Or you guys moved from NAIA. NAIA. NAIA school. Okay, so for it, Drew, Drew a non-HBCU information director. NAIA school. I I look. I didn't. If, if, I'm just pointing out. You know that no, you were. I, the, no, I don't want people to think I'm was, talking about other HBCUs while I'm working for HBCU. That's why I emphasize that. <laughs> Well, okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. But I mean, you're the NAI. If you're if you're NAIA school, it's completely different than the D two. You're talking about D two institutions, right? And SIC, and you're at an NAIA school. Um, but anyway, so it's 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 good that uh, you'll you'll be able to cover them. And uh, as always, you do a great job of spotlighting the what we call the non Division one segment of hbcu sports so yeah the big uh, difference this year because of those uh those duties as director of athletic communications is that i will not be attending most of the games live like i have in the past i'm going to be relying on black college sports network which is kind of good because black college sports network has about half of the siac under contract so that helps that I'll have access to to a lot of the games uh, just just directly off of our server before I have to go out and, and search the games. But, uh, yeah, a lot of it, unless it's a Thursday night game or something like that, a lot of it is going to be off of video this year. So I know how I'll be spending a lot of my Sundays, Brian. <laughs> well said well said all right so the the other uh one of the other big stories that has been uh, ha- uh been circulating over the past week um has to do with yeah, last week's release last week's release by usa today um of their annual report regarding revenue and expenses for 232 NCAA Division One athletic programs, which did include, um, I believe, well, it, did it include all? I, I don't want to say all because I know we have some private institutions amongst the twenty-one Division One HBCUs. Yeah, it so included all, all but the private. No, the private. So included no Bethune. No Hampton, seventeen. No Howard. Uh, I believe those were the three that are left off of the most most of the data so that was 18. reported in the US, USA Today. Okay, so eighteen schools that were a part of that, and so if anybody saw that uh, report, and there there were various whether it be HBCU game day, HBCU sports, um, those of you who follow hero sports, those of you who like following all the things amongst the FCS schools, there was a lot of analysis into looking at this. And this is where if you're a numbers person and you like to <clears throat> like to draw the parallels between numbers, uh, revenues, meaning that's you know money that's coming in, expenses that means money that's going out and then also in this report 
uh, the allocated funds, which is as it's defined here, and just to give a good <clears throat> roundabout uh, understanding uh, for people uh, who aren't aware, um, the allocations are basically. Uh, I read a great summary. Uh, uh, I, how I much will give you the, I will of give you the, the definition. revenue? Hold on, I, I I got it right here, Drew. Oh. Let me finish, and then oh. let me. You tell me if this is different than what I'm. <clears throat> tell me if this is different than what I'm reading. So, uh, allocation is how much the school's revenue is coming from government and institutional support and student fees. Now that's what I'm reading. What what is your definition? Yeah, that's the definition. But the if if you actually go to the Knight Commission, uh, Knight Newton College and, Athletics Database, which is where these numbers and the Knight came Commission from. Too, because you well, hold on, hold on, hold on, stop. You the Knight Commission is who? Because <clears throat> I want to be clear about that because. They're not mentioned as part of this USA Today article, but they are who? They they are. Are you still hearing me, Drew? Yes. Yeah they they are basically okay. a group. is It's out of Syracuse University Newhouse School of uh, based out of uh, Syracuse University. And they analyze, they compile and analyze a bunch of data across all of the NCAA athletic programs on the Division One level. That's FBS, FCS, and those institutions who do not play football, who are just, just straight D1. Okay. Um. So one of the things that USA Today has done, USA Today has managed to keep a running chart, so to speak, an online, what's the better way of saying this, Drew? Maybe an online database, which, you know, is under a section called NCAA Finances. And, you know, it'll show you who's spending and who's making the most. For example... Top of the board, top of the food chain is top of the food chain is the Ohio State University, right? With a total revenue of wow, two hundred and fifty-one million six hundred and fifteen thousand, right? That's revenue with expenses in the ballpark of two hundred and twenty-five million. So they're they're clearing if you take revenue minus expenses they're they're bringing home a positive 25 million right yeah. right correct that's what they they are listed at the top of the food chain not an SEC school but a Big 10 school uh followed up by number 2 on this list in terms of total revenue a Big 12 school who will soon be an SEC school, Texas. So, all that said, how does that relate to our 
HBCUs, right? So I'm just going to kind of read from uh, a, a good summary article here from HBCU Sports. Uh, as it as it relates to the HBCU schools, uh, in terms of total revenue, Southern led the way with uh, just over $18 million. North Carolina A&T followed that with about $16.3 million. Delaware State bringing in $16.2 million. Norfolk State bringing in $15.9 million, and Tennessee State with $15.8. Uh, notice there were no SWAC schools in that, or excuse me, outside of Southern. Um, yeah, so I don't understand. Yeah, they, they wrote this article. I guess they must not have thought Southern wasn't a SWAC institution. It said the leading SWAC institution was Alabama State, which brought in 14.5, but but we just, yeah, we just said that Southern was number one. Anyway, um, so that's <laughs> just a, a summary of 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 the top five. Now, it, it, amongst the FCS, Drew, this is what is fascinating, and this is where I think a lot of people start having these conversations. You start looking at this bubble of HBCU schools, which among the two thirty-two, Drew, where was the first HBCU? So Southern popped up at what number among the 232? A quick find here. Southern comes up as. Southern's below the median. Uh, Southern, Southern University. Well, I just saw it here. I thought I saw it. Uh, one, 163. So ranked 163rd um, amongst uh, all Division I programs. That's um, that 18.1 million that, uh, that you saw Southern. So once we start moving into the lower half that's where you start seeing the fcs schools correct and so a, a lot of us you know really per your institution a lot you start head scratching here um and and there's a lot of different things that you can look at when this report comes out like for example you can start with the top fcs schools um i i think what's what's really important to think about is whenever you start comparing HBCUs with non-HBCUs, the first thing I I go to or went to, Drew, is the attendance numbers or the enrollment, not attendance, but enrollment. Because a lot of these FCS schools, like just among the FCS schools, a lot of them have allocation numbers. Right. A lot of them are pulling student student fees, student activity fees, which are going into the revenue budget. Yeah. For example, right. who was the leader in FCS schools? Uh, the leader in FCS school was, uh, I believe, UC Davis, I ahead. thought, right? I believe so. I, I UC I Davis was the leader. Product. Yes. I remember because I looked it up. That's why. I, that's why I thought you might have seen it too. Um, UC Davis. 
Um, okay, so let me here. We'll do a quick find here. Davis, uh, California Davis, as they're known, part of the Big West, has a revenue of 44.275, million, right? They 80% of their money comes from allocated funds. So that's either student fees uh, or other government, you know, assisted funds. Yeah. 30, that's 80% of the money. They have an enrollment drew of 31,000 as of um, 20, as of 2021 or 22, they've got 31,000 students. Now through 20, uh, for the 21-22 season that are in that report. Well, yeah, but I'm just telling you about the numbers. I didn't, I couldn't find the actual current enrollment, but their most recent enrollment numbers from 2021. So what I'm trying to say is Cal Davis has probably a minimum 30,000 students. So you take $30,000, and I don't know what student activity fees are, but, but I mean, you know, 30000 you add – you know, add add some numbers to it, whatever you might pay if you're paying a thousand dollars in student fees. I hope you're not I paying mean, that, isn't that close to 30 million. I hope you're not paying that much. I, I don't know, fees. you know. Well, but, I, you know, but California, everything's expensive in California, yeah, exactly. Hey, it is speak, California. So, so speaking of student, speaking of student fees, Mariah, let's let's define what counts as student fees. And those are fees paid by the student and allocated for the restricted use of the athletic department. Because, you know, there's there was always a dreaded activity fee that we had on our bill. Even when you even if you had a scholarship, it didn't it didn't cover the activity fee. Now, 100 percent of that activity fee does not go to athletics. There's a certain portion of that. A majority of it goes towards athletics, but some of that activity fee goes to some other places on campus. So those of you all who get that bill and that whatever the amount that is, that's not covered by scholarship for uh, activity fee, a majority of that goes to athletics, but not all. Also, Brian, another number that you mentioned was institutional and government support. That is revenue mm-hmm. received from governments, direct funds from the in, direct direct funds from the institution for athletic operations, and costs covered by services provided by the institution to athletics, and for athletic debt, but not charged to athletics. Definitely need to get those uh, definitions out there, Brian. And the key number, Brian is 68.55 you know you look you looked at some of those numbers on the uh student fees institution government support line that the median number is 68.55 so 69 percent is what the average fcs school uses to allocate funds for its athletic department so when we start going through these numbers and looking at that number, you know, anything above 69 is above the curve. Okay. 
um, I, I wanted to take a second while you were talking about student fees. And since Southern was the leader in terms of revenue, I'm looking at 2023 uh, spring schedule of fees for students at Southern University from this past spring, right? Um, now, this is, and you got to be, there, there are different levels to this. Like they have fees for if you are an online student, um, if you're an on-campus student, so on and so forth, right? Correct. Um, so, you know. Um, and that's one thing that's hurt a lot of these uh, institutions because you can't charge an online student the same activity fee that you charge a no. face-to-face student. No, you, you, you sure can't. You sure can't. Um, okay, so here is the breakdown for Southern University. Now, this again, this is for the spring, effective spring semester 2023, right? Um, so I'm looking here in total now for a full-time student. Let's see. Full-time student. There's an athletic fee, which regardless of if you are an undergrad, 12 hours and above, grad student, 12 hours and above. What grad student? Graduate of 11 hours. Grad student of 11 hours. I'm just breaking down. They have three different categories for grad students. Well, look, they've got a 12 hours and above. They've got 11 hours, 10 hours, and nine hours. Maybe that's based on labs. I don't know. I don't know. But for the semester, your effective spring fee, athletic fee, is $245. The athletic fee. Um, Now... You know, this is a heck of a breakdown. Now, there's all kinds of other fees in here. You know, you, you pay a small fee for uh, – there, there's even a – I don't know, even if you're not a cheerleader, $2, you pay $2. A che- I, if someone ever wanted to go through and say, what is this fee for, and ask the questions, you know, it, it'd be an interesting discovery. Um, but there are things that are allocated in this, like um, – you know, let, lest you think sports is the only thing that 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 gets any money, it's not. Let me just—I'm not going to read it all, but I'm just going to say that. But it is the most expensive fee next to uh, your access fee to ebook courses and materials, and your university support fee. So if you did a full breakdown at Southern University for the semester out of out of out of the let me see where's the total out of the $4,951 that a that a student would a 12-hour student would pay $245 is going towards athletics And that's what so, allows the students to get into the games for free and stuff like that. For 
three. Yes. Yes. So you do the math. Take that 245. I'm, uh, you know, now th- these numbers are based on a whole year. I would, I think, I don't know for sure, but I think if you take that 245 times two, multiply it by two for the full year, two semesters, fall and spring, 490. And then take that 490 times Southern's got about 7,000 students. Uh, you do the math, do the next level of math on that, and then see where you come up with. 500 times 7,000 is uh, 35. 3.5 million, probably. 3.5, yeah, that's 3.5. I'm trying to put out many zeros okay. behind it. <laughs> See, I was throwing it out there because I knew it couldn't. Hold on, you know why I came up with that? Because I knew it couldn't be thirty-five million, so I just went three point five. No, no, I, no. I, I was trying like to thirty-five, do and I was trying to count the zeros <laughs> behind it. Uh, yeah, I know you were. That's that's why I did it the way. Like I said, I just figured there's no way it's thirty-five million because that number would have it, it would have. You knew it couldn't be thirty-five, so it had to be three point five. But anyway, all right. So in in all of this, Drew. What before you because you you did some breakdowns, some great stuff. What were just some of your takeaways and thoughts as you looked at some of these numbers that came out? Interested that uh, Brian and I'd rather just kind of start going through some of these slides and talking through them versus just explaining because they won't make sense if I just talk you through them, Brian. You got to see some of this stuff to believe what I've discovered. And like I said, I took a deeper dive inside of the numbers. We saw the report that came out earlier with the ticket sales, Brian. As you saw, Jackson State was number one in ticket sales, followed by well, hold on, this is in the, this go, is the go. But hold on, stop for a second. That wasn't mm-hmm. nobody was talking about ticket sales initially. That didn't come out as part of this initial analysis. It, it can't. So, it can't. but it's but this number is actually inside of that of the report that was the basis for what you for uh for what you saw the U.S. today. Yes, in the revenues. The revenue. Okay, that's what I. That's what I. And that's what that's I wanted good. you to say because uh, the initial article and all of the reviews that everybody had was just about the general numbers. Not too many people were digging inside of the numbers. So that, that's what uh, I wanted to bring out. But, okay, so start, go back, let's see, go back to SWAC ticket this sales. Yes. This is by institution. Uh, Bethune did not report a number, as we said, all the private schools did not report a number, even though it looks like FAMU is zero, Brian, they did actually report a number. Okay, where where do you get that number from? It is one thousand six hundred and twenty four dollars is what FAMU reported their ticket sales. Where where do you get that? Who reported that? Where where do you see that? That's that's inside Explain. that's inside the numbers of the uh, of the night commission. If when you dig deep when you dig inside the numbers and the actual revenue breakdown, it gives you different categories of the revenue. Re- the numbers for the revenue, as you said, student fees, institutional and government support, ticket sales. 
distributions. Now, those distributions are the numbers that uh, is money that comes from the NCAA, your conference, media right, and postseason football, i.e. bowls. And for us in this case would be the Celebration Bowl and or FCS playoffs for us on this level. Uh, so, get, fam, game? so fam you. Well, let me get let me finish. Uh, sorry, give me the breakdowns of revenue. Game guarantees goes into your revenue numbers. Donor contributions. Now, donor contributions is tricky, Brian. These are funds contributed from individuals, corporations, or associations, or foundations, ex- clubs, or other organizations external to the athletics program above the face value of tickets. This is not money donated directly to the institution, Brian. This is money donated strictly to the athletic program, straight to the athletic program. And we're going to get to, uh, we're going to get to that. Yes, you're right. You are right, Edward Bull. Uh, SWAC championship would go up under the uh, conference distribution uh, tab. Edward, good, uh, good. Thanks for bringing that out to me. So then explain again a, why you're I'm sorry, I thought you were done. Go ahead. Go ahead. Explain to you, explain to you again why what, Brian? Well, we started you, – you put up the slide that said ticket sales, and so now I'm yeah. going to badger you about why you don't have FAMU's ticket sales numbers on there. Because that's what it, – it, it's, so, it's so minor that it doesn't show up on the graph. Because when you have a, when you have a Jackson State at – It's $1.8 million. No, no. Fab it's one point eight million dollars. What you talking about? They reported ticket sales one point eight million dollars. Fabu reported one thousand six hundred and twenty four dollars no. in this report, Brian. What are you? I, okay, Drew. I'm gonna. I'm. This is where we're gonna. We're gonna. I'm. I'm looking at the report, and this is what's good about the database. The database lets you go into the school. When you click on the link for the school, it shows you the total uh-huh. revenue, and right next to it, it shows you ticket sales. It says one comma eight two two comma six three zero. That's not that's one point eight million dollars. That's not the number reported to the Knight Commission. I have no idea what the Knight Commission is look is looking at then. So that's where so it, there's a discrepancy then between the Knight. And we say today it can't be Drew. I'm, I'm that, looking, what is that looking at the Brian? same thing. Give it, give me that double, Brian. One point eight two six three zero. One eight two two six three zero. That's what's in the database from USA Today. Okay. So I mean, I like I said, I, I'm just I'm. That's why I'm trying to to clarify because if you say FAMU's ticket sales were only one thousand, see, I'm gonna catch hell, and we're gonna hear all about it because I know that's not right. I know I, there's I, not I, one thousand. I'll, I'll, I'll show that to you after the uh, report, but that puts FAMU at a solid number three in ticket sales. If that number that you gave me is is accurate, there, Brian. Now here, here's where I no okay. You know where I know where the one thousand six hundred twenty-four is, Drew. The twenty twenty-one year. Twenty twenty-one. 
Correct, Brian. This is 21 22 numbers that I'm looking for. Look at that. Oh, well, you didn't shit. You, I mean, excuse you didn't tell me he's that. All, I'm sitting here arguing. He's all 21 22 numbers. Okay. So fall. Tw- okay. All right. Okay. All right. So, okay. Yeah. All, right. All right. So, thanks for clarifying. My bad. I, I, uh, okay. I'm looking at the 22 23 what's reported in here. So, go ahead. I'm sorry. My apologies. Yeah. These are the 21 22 numbers. And we'll start starting here for a for a reason. You can look at the B Act. Now, notice the scale of the B Act. Your top your top earner is South Carolina State with six hundred thousand. Remember, this is the year South Carolina State won the celebration bowl. And of course, you got your not your two independent schools out there. Here's the interesting number, Brian. Ticket sales as a percent of your total revenue. We saw that total revenue number, Brian. 38% of Jackson State's revenue comes from their ticket sales. Southern. Okay. Southern comes in at 11, uh, just under 12%, 11.74%. So just to, just to show where the average for FCS, Brian, is 5%. 5% of the revenue for average FC, FCS school, 5% of the revenue comes from ticket sales. So what does this say about Jackson State? Is Jackson State relying too much on ticket sales? Or is Jackson State just that good where they don't have to worry about generating revenue from other spots because their fans are that supportive of their team and pack out the stadium? We know they have the largest stadium in FCS. What do you think about that, Brian? Um. I have to, I want to compare it to other institutions that bring in large numbers. Um, You know, I don't, I don't think you can rely enough on ticket sales. I mean, when you have, when you have the access to the kind of stadium that they have, I expect them to have numbers like this. Um. You know, I I think uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know what to say. I mean, and plus the stadium. Well, I I'll just leave it at that. I, I won't get into it, talk about the stadium because I I don't know. I I I from my understanding is they own the stadium, they 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 lease it, they rent it. Uh, but I, I I don't like I said I don't know all the details about the stadium deal with uh jackson state so i could be off but well let's just say i back to your original question i don't think you're relying too much sure you you should be bringing in a significant amount from from your ticket sales especially when you have the kind of draw that they had correct correct uh looking at your b go ahead 
Well, I was just saying, you know, you bring up one year, I would look over the course of a five to 10 year period. That's where, and- that's where I, you asked me that question. And I, I, I'd really want to see data from a five to 10 year period to really answer that question because one year is one year and it's yeah. one year with coach prime. So, I mean, let, let me see 10 years is like, we know they've always been the leader in FCS attendance. So it, it would seem to me that their ticket sale numbers should be a significant portion of their revenue. So, all right, that's all I got to say. All right. Quick, let's get to your BAC and your Don. <laughs> exactly, Jeremiah. Try to get out as quickly as I can. I got you. Go ahead. <laughs> here's, here's the first telling stat, Brian, going back to 21-22. Okay. 20, Guaranteed games. And again, we're talking the for football. We're talking the fall of twenty twenty one. Correct. So that's uh, for football, but this does take season, into account. This does take into account basketball guarantees. Also, this is not this is not just football oh. guarantees. This is for the entire athletic okay. department. Okay. This is how much money each institution brought in and guaranteed games. All I can say is I, I feel like the numbers are not accurately reported from some schools. You know, like you're going to tell me, nah, that, that I know that I don't. I don't feel that that's right. Uh, but anyway, so Jackson State had less than two million dollars in guaranteed games. Yes, you know, remember the date. They the football they only when they went and played uh Bowden, I think they may have been their only guaranteed game that year, the game that they lost to Bowden. But also, Brian, for us yeah. on the HBCU level, those classes count as guaranteed games, also. The payout that you get from going to a classic. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. So, so, so take Alabama AM, uh, Magic City Classic. Alabama State didn't report any revenue that year, but that would be for the Magic City Classic. Uh, Southern and Grambling, the Bayou Classic would be factored into this guaranteed game, so forth and so on. Southern, Texas Southern. Uh, I think that's actually a home at home. Not sure if there's an actual guarantee for that with the Labor Day Classic, but you you get my point there, Brian. Let's see what, you know, what's confusing about reporting it this way. There's a breakdown per school or per sport that I think is being undersold here, yes. you know, because I, I, obviously, you know, basketball has a, a, a certain number that they have to bring in versus right. football and, and then don't forget the other sports too i mean i'm sure there's other i, I don't know how it, you know what does it look like in baseball what baseball does it look like? probably softball possibly a couple of, you know 
$10,000 here, $20,000 there to come play somebody early in the season. Yeah, see, I it's so hard with you, – you really have to go into almost getting a, a full report from um, – I don't know, a public records request, or at least it's out there. Like, like again, for example, and this is publicly out there. I mean, you could do a search and find it. Southern University's budget and everything from this past school year is out on the internet. You can see it. Yes. And it, it's it's a living document. And it, it, it tells you everything that everybody's making. It tells you how much the sports bring in, how much they're supposed to bring in, how what their expenses are budgeted at. It's a great breakdown. It's probably the best breakdown that I have come across on the internet from it for an HBCU. So it, it really, it would really be great. You know, I know we get excited about what these numbers and, and what, but you still, I feel like it's so incomplete. I feel like there's still a lot that's not being said here. Now here's here's your what's about go ahead. No, no, I was gonna, I was just gonna lead you in here. Go ahead. You 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 got go ahead, go with your uh, next slide. Right. This this is your payouts that you received. This is from the conference, uh be, your media share, conference share, NCAA postseason payout. The, these are your dumbbells right there. Okay. And, and I'm assuming for somebody like a Jackson State, their celebration bowl money would have been included in this slide right here. Although you don't have the specific breakdown, this is how I would assume that it would be included. Same thing with South Carolina State. This was their celebration bowl year right here. I would think that would have been included mm -hmm. in this slide right here for South Carolina State. Uh, Norfolk State would have been basketball. Correct. Because I think you're okay. And back here, this would have been Texas Southern and basketball yep. this year. And basketball as well. Yep. Yep. Good point. Okay. Uh, there's A and T and Tennessee State. This is one of the, this one I found interesting, Brian. We was looking at revenues, donors. Not a lot, not a lot to, not a lot to to pick up on from off of this. Yes, so yeah, not a whole lot to pick up on. You see, you see who's doing well, who's not doing well, or who's reporting, <laughs> who's reporting well, and who's not reporting well. Right, right. Now, so. BAC, that's a different story. Mm -hmm. Everybody at BAC is getting some dollars. Except for uh, Eastern Shore. Mm -hmm. Here's a, here's your interesting number, Brian. When you take the expenses that each school has reported, divide that by the number of sports they offer. This is your cost per sport. 
And I got to get over okay. here. To so let's take, uh, let's just go down the list. Alabama how many, A&M. How many sports? How many sports? I, I'll give you an example. Alabama A&M offers 16 sports. They have their to- they have expenses of 14 point we'll call it 14.2 for simple 14.2 million dollars that equates out to $886,000 per sport now we know this we know they spend more for football yeah you know they we know they spend more for football but when you just do a straight allocation Divided by double sports, that's what it comes down to. Your leader, Brian, as you see in the SWAC, is Southern, who spends an average of $1.2 million per sport, followed by Prairie View at just over a million dollars per sport. And bringing up the bottom of the list, Brian, Mississippi Valley State. Spending an average of two hundred and seventy thousand dollars per sport, Brian. Uh, second from the bottom is going to be Alcorn at four hundred and fifty-eight thousand dollars per sport. Everyone else. So, so uh, when I see this, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, I was going to say go ahead and, and ask your question. Well. I was going to say, when I see this, uh, the anti-Title IX people will be up in arms about this because if you're – let me just use Southern, 1.25 million. We know there are some sports that are not going to bring in enough to cover the 1.25 million. This is Now, this is the number that they're spending, right? This is their expense per sport? Right. If you take the total budget – let me make sure, I, make sure you understand this. You take their total budget, which for Southern was 18 expenses. 18, expenses, $18.5 million, $18.6 million. Southern offers 15 sports. Just straight math. That $18.6 million divided by 18. And that's how you get your, your 1.2, Brian. Yeah. Um. Hold on a second, Drew, because I I don't want to I want to make sure we're not representing something here. This is this is what 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 year is this again? Twenty one, twenty two. So this okay. is your old data. So the this night is, commission this is, shows this, this. This is the latest that you could get uh, a complete season because the twenty two twenty three numbers have not been uh, all completed. Yeah. Uh, so the ex- uh, the expenses that they are showing at Southern was how much? Eighteen million something or other, right? Yes. Eighteen okay. point. We'll call it eighteen point six. So if Southern's goal, if if you had an AD that was going to, let's say the the tennis coach, I'm just going to use tennis coach, okay, and say, 
Hey, Coach, we uh we've done an analysis of our expenses, and on a per sport basis, we need every sport to clear one point two five in revenue to cover our expenses. Well, obviously, what's the tennis coach going to say? Well, I can't do that. I can't. You know, I, I, where am I going to get? That's a dive rib. Where am I going to get a That's a dive rib sport. It's a non-revenue sport, exactly. So, yeah. as fun as it is, it's I, I, I understand why we do stuff like this, but this is a very misleading. W- without some context, let me just say that you have to have the proper context and understand revenue generating and non-revenue generating sports. As you look at this, I mean, you can look at this and say, "Oh, this is interesting." But then you have to be you have to put it in the right context because you have non non revenue sports included in this mix. Correct, correct. The BAC yeah. also has two sport two institutions spending over a million dollars. That's coming with Morgan State at one point zero. Six billion dollars, and also coming in at that same number as Norfolk, one point zero six billion dollars. Um, and now, now you know this copping down there. Keep in mind, copping and Maryland Eastern Shore do not offer football. So, right. but not offering football, they're spending three hundred and seventy-five thousand per sport at Coppin, and at Maryland Eastern Shore, they're spending five hundred and sixty thousand dollars, which is ironic that they're outspending South Carolina State, who does offer football, who spends five hundred sixty-one thousand. Maryland Eastern Shore spends five hundred sixty-two thousand per sport. Hmm. So what you know you I obviously we we what's your big takeaway Drew what do you kind of when you when you look at, are you able to draw any conclusions uh whether they be or or any or any thoughts that come to mind as you kind of looked at these numbers and and broken them down the way you have Just you know looking at uh Commissioner's Cup where you get your bang for your buck at, Brian? That's one of the interesting things that I don't. Well, if you if you okay. think about the Commissioner's Cup, every sport you play, every sport you compete in, you earn a point towards the Commissioner's Cup. So how much is how much are you getting per point? How much does each point cost you? I'm a stats nerd, Brian. I'm a numbers nerd. Sometimes I see things deeper than the average person sees. Yeah, uh, you got me there. (laughs) Here you go. This gives you this. This this kind of sums it up right here, Brian. Oh, I love colors. I love colors. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> I'll pull it out the crayon box. There you go. 
But when you stack all those numbers that I just gave you independently, Brian, this is where this is the breakdown in millions of dollars and how those make up each portion of the budget. And again, this is for so, the 21 so, 22 year. Correct. So if you see the, the largest blue line on there is Jackson State, we'll just use them for example. And you see how much ticket sales mm -hmm. make up their total budget. And then if you look at a place like Alabama AM, you'll see how much those allocated dollars make up their budget. Mm -hmm. and you see the mix between you see southern and all the uh rest of the schools and kind of the mix here are your BAC schools very low ticket sales See, next thing we're going to do, Drew, is we're going to go into these allocated numbers and really take a deep dive into these allocated numbers um, because it does make up a large portion of, of these athletic departments. Edward Boyle, that's, that's a very good question. Do you automatically earn points? Uh, it's based on... Uh, it's based on your finish. And the reason I definitely had to separate that out is because the way the BAC calculates their all sports trophy is different than the way the SWAT calculates the commissioner's cup. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you definitely have to separate those by conference when you try to figure out where they're getting their points at per conference as far as how, how they're ranking. And that's kind of I, I I like that one out of all the numbers that I threw up there, Brian, because it kind of kind of lets you know how efficient you are in spending your money. You know, if you're spending, say, a billion dollars per sport, and you're coming in in the bottom third of the Commissioner's Cup or the All Sports Trophy, that means you're not that means your money is not being efficient. Where if you're spending a half million dollars per sport or say $800,000 per sport, but you're in the top three of the commissioner's cup or the all sports trophy that shows you getting bang for your buck. I think of all those numbers that I just nerded everybody out with, that was the one that I was most interested in when I was putting this slide together. And I, I hate to be that person to pick on Southern university, but, that year, now I, I, you have to wonder how much – have to go back and look at the commissioners. Well, hold on. You pulled up the – Southern won the Commissioner's Cup in 21-22? Uh, now I have to go back. I just did the bad. Well, I, 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 guess, I guess my point that, – that's where my thought is because that's what I'd be – if I looked at that last graph or the last two, the color the color graphs, the, uh, yeah. uh, the candy, candy corn – um, that's, I, that's where my mind is saying, okay, you talked about getting value and saying who won what, how many, like we know you can see in those certain chunks, like we just pointed out, Texas Southern, Norfolk state, uh, had certain Alabama distribution, state Alabama state, there, uh, uh, 
I don't think they won yeah, it. Where did year. Alabama State? They well no, they didn't. They won it this year. I can't remember where they finished last year. I, I was just referring to certain – there were certain categories which stand out. Ticket sales, Jackson State. Um, Alec distribution of NCAA funds. Yeah, for example. Um, now, this is by – per- you want the percentage or the dollars, Brian? What, what do I have? Here? This is oh, by percentage. changed it up. Okay. You buy, buy, go, go back is, to dollars. Go to go to dollars, dollars for a second. Just by dollars. Yeah, don't give me percentage. Yeah, don't give me percentage. I don't like give me dollars. Either. Okay, so yeah, in, in dollars, you know, I can like look at the I can look at the Jackson State line, and I can you know if I'm if I'm looking at Jackson State, and I can see that that their ticket sales alone dwarfed the entire revenue that Mississippi Valley State brought in from everything. Or at least what was reported, you know what I'm saying? I can look at the NCAA conference um, distribution. That's the green, right? And I can see Alabama yeah. State. I got it. Where did is Alabama State? Where did they go that year? Was that baseball? Baseball won. I think. Or is that think, is that the distribution from the All Commissioners Cup? Uh, that's that's all of that goes into that into that. That's your NCAA payout. That's your yeah. That's your distribution from the Commissioners Cup. That's your portion of the media of the conference media contract and any postseason money that you uh, receive. Okay. Yeah. That that would so, be the green. All right. So I would look at schools like Alabama A and M and say they had none of that, or either they didn't report any of that. You know, because they they don't even they don't even they don't even have a sliver of green there. Green, you know, correct. Uh, yeah. All right, uh, Drew. And, and, and remind uh, everybody, is really this is twenty one, twenty two, not the current year of twenty two twenty. Three. So everybody, uh, when you're looking at these numbers, please slip back into your way back machine. Uh, you know, this was the fall season coming after the spring season. That's what we have to remember when we're looking at this as far as football numbers go. Mm-mm-mm. All right. Um Wow. All right. We've gotten we've gotten really late into the show, Drew. I've got an upset dog that is chewing on things that I don't think he's supposed to be chewing on. Uh, my stomach is growling because I haven't eaten dinner. Um, let's get let's get ready to let's kind of wrap it up here with some final thoughts. Uh, um, you know, I you, you did a great job of breaking that stuff down, uh, really challenging us. To really just think about the numbers. I mean, I, I think that's the biggest takeaway for me is looking at the numbers and really trying to – it's so difficult to look at every school, you know. And so what you did is really good. And I think it's very important to people to recognize the difference there between the Knight Commission and what that USA Today database tells you because – um, look, that database can only work based on what's provided 
And it's really interesting when you see the history of a school. That's all I'm going to say. So if you, when, when you look at that list, go click on the school and go look at the list, go look at the school down the years. Yeah. And, and uh, something else, Brian, despite the fact that we're talking dollars across the board with all these, the way each school has to report these numbers changes from state to state, Brian. There's a, uh, Certain things in Mississippi that you have to report that you can't do in the state of Florida. Some schools have, you have to end with with a zero line based on the budget. That means if, if your revenues were short of your expenses, the university has to transfer money into your athletic account to balance that out because you have to, have, you are a zero budget state and on the flip side if you happen to have money left over you have to transfer that money back into the general fund of the institution and end your budget with zero that's how it works in some states also brian fiscal years are different from institution to institution and from state to state alabama Alabama State, Alabama A&M, they have a fiscal year that runs from October 1 through September 30. I'm here in Georgia. Georgia's, the, the state schools in Georgia run July 1 to June 30. And there are different variations in between at each state, each state and each school. So these numbers kind of you have to play with them. You know, all numbers aren't exactly the same based on fiscal year reporting, report times, et cetera, et cetera, accounting practices at each institution and each state. It's close, but not necessarily the same. Wow. Good stuff, Drew, man. Uh, great, great points of emphasis there at the at the end um all right uh well that i think can we put a bow on it can we put a bow on it tonight man and let's pick up this show and get out of here man all right uh i was looking at my personal schedule i think i might be available sunday evening we might be back on our normal schedule no guarantees though because i don't know you you might be busy doing something if I recall correctly, our earlier conversation. So I haven't even looked that far, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm just uh, trying to get through. All right. I'm trying to get through these three meetings I got tomorrow at work. All face to face okay. meetings. Okay. They, well, they, they, none of them even Zoom. I don't even get to Zoom them. I got. I got to look at. Them. Oh, beautiful. Those are the best ones. Um, well, for for you guys who are out there watching us, and you've uh, if you're listening to us. If you've uh, checked out or you're listening on the pod zone and you fast forwarded and feel free to go back and listen. However you want to consume the content, we appreciate you for doing so. Just make sure to hit the thumbs Sorry up button, the like out. button, rate and review, subscribe. Uh, we told you, we told you, we tried to warn you. We told you this. Was, we nerded out with some with some great stuff with uh, Uncle John and then Drew took us to another level. And my my, my stomach hates you, Drew. Um, but you know, uh, it, it's good stuff. So 
if you <laughs> if if uh if you're a numbers person you got a kick out of tonight's show um hopefully you enjoyed it to some some degree uh you know make sure to follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at my bcsn one the number one uh, download the Joe broadcast networks app on the google play and apple app store my jbm my bcsn is where you can find us and go download the bcsn pod zone on all your favorite podcast platforms the urban nerd con is going to be in atlanta georgia july 21st to the 23rd um and you can you can make sure to purchase tickets uh the i believe is the website is that you still have roy's tweet saved in there his message uh i should have saved it. you thought i would have been that smart but i was not that smart yeah uh, okay. I'm going back right. and looking forward right now. Yeah. All right. So I I believe it's the it's either the Urban Nerd Con C O N dot net or it's dot com. One of the two. So that's the Urban Nerd Con. And uh you can always find there it is. I was right. Uh you can always find the grumpy old nerds with uh, Uncle John and his uh co-host of nerds his friends uh on wednesday evenings 8 30 eastern 7 30 central right here on the jericho broadcast network's youtube page uh, my jbn1 so that's gonna do it for tonight's show uh for ad i am brian uh you guys be safe out here the rest of the week um don't forget the longest day of sunlight is wednesday the summer solstice. If so it don't rain, first. get out, enjoy. Well, yeah. Hopefully, you're not in the area <laughs> where where you're deprived of the vitamin B that you that you get from the sunlight. So enjoy it if you can. Be safe if you're in one of those uh, dangerous weather areas. I saw a lot of a lot of affected areas in Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Texas. Be safe out there, people. Watch out for your friends, your family. Check on one another. And uh, we will see you again next week. Thanks for everybody in the chat rooms for watching. We are out. Peace out. Have a good night, everybody. Travel light. We'll holler. But, you know, my peace to your heart.